Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. Welcome to The Real Deal On, and we're still in this reinvention series, and it's uh, a, an honor and a pleasure to have a special guest, a, a dear friend. He's not only uh, my friend, an extraordinary human being, he's also has been my coach and um, an extraordinary man. And I just wanted to have the opportunity for him to share his journey of reinventing himself because what he's been through as far as having to start from the ground up is incredible. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my dear friend, Mr. Jimmy Harding. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, man. What an Thank honor to be coming. here. Oh, it's, it is, the honor is mine, indeed. So if you wouldn't mind, um, I guess share a, a little bit of what you, you went through as far as having to rebuild yourself, where you got to, and then what happened, and then where you had to go again. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been several reinventions. You know, I, I don't believe there's one reinvention per se. Right. I think we go through a series of them, but like my major, uh, my major thing came as I've been a lifelong entrepreneur you know I always had when I was 10 years old I knew I created my own economy and if I wanted 10 bucks I'd go cut two lawns you know just the <laughs> way it's always been and uh, you know so I very rarely had a job growing up I always found a way to do something and finally you know I love the construction business grew mm -hmm. up around it and opened my own uh, construction firm and you know, it started off as basically me and a helper and a pickup truck. And, you know, by the time that business got to its height, we were building like uh, like 10 to 12 fast food restaurants per year and then like a luxury home every single month. So on the on the residential side. So, it, you know, we really uh, grew that thing up. And what? Before, as you're doing this, sharing that, that process in and of itself is incredible. How did you figure out how to do that? I mean, I, I know we, we've spoken, you weren't necessarily swinging the hammers. Right, right. <laughs> so, you, you know, I would, I learned the process and, and I learned something that was uh, really specific before I even knew anything about marketing. Like, I knew to be known for just one thing, mm. right? So like, I was known for just one thing in two different areas. So like, we were either the person to build the restaurant or if you wanted the luxury home in the residential division, you know, you would come to us. We'd have the homes and the parade of homes and mm -hmm. you know, all that type of stuff. But I've always been, you know, much more of the entrepreneur type mm -hmm. who could put things together, right. right? So I could always assemble a team to uh, to do all of that, and I always had a vision to see something from concept to finished product mm -hmm. before it was even drawn on paper. So um, I always knew that you know my strength wasn't going to be in walking through concrete, although I did that for you know a okay. little time when you know I kind of grew up in it and and I learned and watched what everyone was doing and you know I, I would take the best of the best and put it all together into my own system. In fact, one time um, that one thing specializing for something and going after premium projects, right? Yeah. So uh, one time, I, uh, while I had my own business, we were doing these big, uh, before it evolved into building the whole building, right. we were focusing on building just the cabinets and stuff. And so we had, we had to build some cabinets for a school. So like I would go after cabinet jobs that were 150, 250,000, right? So we'd want to do jobs. And there, were a, there was a particular type of cabinet that I didn't know 
how to build. And I went and got a job at a cabinet shop while I owned my own business just to learn how to build wow. that. So I could yeah. see the process, come back, and use it in the project we were about to start. Wow, that's being resourceful. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's always a way, right? It's just how do we figure it out? And, you know, you can either pay someone to show you or you can get down and pay someone to teach you, you know, to, to do it. And while you were going through those things, like learning the cabinetry mm -hmm. and it specializing, what what was like your your motivating factor? Like what got you up every day to to do these things? What was the what was your why essentially? Yeah. It, you know, it all came down to freedom for me, right? Okay. And and freedom uh, freedom comes in a bunch of different ways, and uh, being able to have my own business was just a vehicle to get me right. to that freedom. But even then, before I do, you know, before I even really knew anything about coaching or what that was, I mean, I'm a world away from construction now. But right. back then, I used to love to just do that to show people it could be done. Mm. You know, I would, I would uh, get my friends that would have, you know, $100,000 in, in debt from going to college and they didn't, they couldn't even get a job, you know? And I'm like, no, this is how you create your own economy. So I always uh, would give people a hand up, right? People younger than me, I'm like, you know, my, my nephew worked for me as an electrician. I'm like, dude, let's just start your own electrical like, business, you know? Right. And, and so I did a lot of that um, along the way and, and that was kind of, you know, a big reason why, too. It's just right. like, you know, you don't have to conform to what society tells you that you should do. You can do anything you want. You just have to get resourceful. Right. You know, because that's, I mean, that's how, uh, that's how I grew up. I never had a lot of resources. We weren't off, you know, we weren't well off financially. And, you know, things were pretty tight. My, my dad was a 25-year um, service veteran in the service, uh, fought in three wars. And, wow. uh, yeah, old stuff like Korea, World War II, and Vietnam. And, uh, you know, so we never, we never had a lot, right? Uh, military retirement. And so, you know, I always wanted to have more, and I mm -hmm. enjoyed doing for others. So I would right. go out and, and create this stuff and show everyone that, you know, this is possible. And you don't have to. That saying that it takes money to make money is BS, right? right? And so it's just how can you get resourceful and make that happen? And that's, you know, that's how I've built everything from the ground up. Like, I've never had startup funding or whatever. Whatever I was going to do, I would go out and help other people get paid for it and use that as the capital to start my business. Right. So what happened with your uh, your construction business uh, was pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, so um, things were... Uh, Things were going really great for us. It was starting to be the housing uh, market was going down in other places, but we were we were so specialized in what we did that it, it hadn't really affected us. And then all of a sudden, Hurricane Katrina comes along, right? And we've got 13 properties under construction, all in my name that I own. And uh, anywhere from, we ended up having anywhere from like two to 13 feet of water in nine out of the 13 properties, right? And uh, it, it was uh, it was pretty devastating. So, you know, we had a we had to recover from that, and then there was a big need in the community. We had lists of people calling us to uh, help them get their houses back in order. So, it was really uh, it was really a great time for us and contributing to the community and. Uh, you know, we were rewarded handsomely for it because we helped like 87 people get back in their homes. Oh, wow. And so I had a huge why every day. There were, uh, there were entire families living in a FEMA trailer on the front lawn while their houses were, were being done. And I mean, I'm like, when I say a camper, like you would pull behind your car and, and people were in that. And so it was every day we got up to see how fast uh, we could get their houses done so we could get them uh, get them back in there. And so that was, uh, 
that was a big why to uh, do that. And we employed a lot of people and had, you know, a lot of spinoff businesses where my subs were able to start their own business. Great. So, you know, things were really uh, things were really booming, and I think it was like that for about 18 months. And then, like, at 18 months, there was massive devastation, yeah. some stuff that was, you know, moderately and lightly damaged. And about 18 months in, the bottom dropped out. Boom. And it wasn't that there was no need for any uh, construction services, but what happened is the stuff that we did or the stuff that we were capable of doing was not available anymore. It was like we're down to the most damaged stuff now, and, you know, there's not even power back to those communities yet. And After so, 18 months? Yeah. Wow. And so if, uh, if you were not... Uh, a contractor that was set up to do like $100 million jobs, like, you know, big infrastructure and improvement type of stuff, then it came down to, you know, very little work to be done. And so we had built all of that up and and uh, and made a ton of, uh, you know, profits doing that. But then we started to buckle down into the next year and a half without uh, without much work and me trying to be resourceful and keep everything going because in my mind, everything, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. This can't last. It's going to get better. I'm going to outlast this thing. I'm going right. to keep doing what we do, you know, and and, uh, and it, it just never turned out that way, you know, and... Uh, in hindsight, I would have done things differently, but mm -hmm. I did what I knew how to do at the time, right? And so I kept, uh, just kept thinking things would get better and we'd help a few people here and a few people there. And um, that's really what set me on to my journey to learn about marketing, right? So I'm like, when, when we were so busy in those initial 18 months, I saw a lot of people coming to town that uh, had moved there to set up a construction company. And I saw them advertising and, you know, spending a lot of money on TV, radio, all kind of stuff. And, and I was like, man, why would those people do that? You know, there's, there's no, uh, you know, I mean, we've got a waiting list. We can't even do anything. Why would we advertise? And from the specialty niche stuff that I had built before, you know, we worked with uh, a few people at a time, very intimately and high level. And so we always had on referral only all of the business that we could handle. Right. And now it was like going into a coal market to people that uh, that didn't know us and I and knew nothing. Had, and about, then people were still advertising at that time? Yeah, and people yeah. were still advertising and I was seeing, I was like, something's wrong here because, you know, I've been here my whole life. We've done all of this stuff, and these are brand new companies that came in town, and like they've got all of the work now. What's going on here? How did this happen? You know. <laughs> and uh, I said, "Man, I, I better find out about this stuff." And I went on a uh, I went on a very expensive uh, journey to not learn marketing, but I started. Uh, buying advertisement and stuff, not knowing anything about it and not knowing what would work. I remember I was down to like, you know, just over a hundred grand in the company checking account. And uh, I said, man, you know, what can I do to get some customers? And so my thought was, I'd always been a Saints season ticket holder, right? Big Saints fan. So I said, I'm going to buy this advertising package that's a hundred grand from the Saints, and you know they show your name and your phone number and all this type of stuff at the Superdome. So like at every, uh, you know, at every game, my stuff was all over the Superdome. So you spent your last hundred grand. Yeah. And, and so, I, I mean, I thought that was it. I'm, you think, you know, okay, if you could spend enough money to go to an NFL game, you know, that must be an affluent market. And, you know, a lot of people still need construction projects done. So, you know, I'm going to be the, uh, the uh, construction, official construction sponsor of the Saints, right? <laughs> How'd that work out? 
The only phone call I got, (laughs) the only phone call I got was someone else trying to sell me advertising. (laughs) So yeah, it was, you know, it was some very, uh, it was some very expensive uh, lessons and, you know, finally. What was the lesson? Well, the first thing that I learned from that is that just because, uh, just because someone sells advertising doesn't mean they know what they're doing, right? right? And then I learned the difference in what mass marketing is and micro-marketing, like marketing to a certain demographic and a certain niche that, you know, just because you put your stuff out there doesn't mean that it's the right thing or it doesn't have the right message. So, you know, it was... uh, We call that shotgun advertising. Yeah. Exactly. See uh, what it lands on. Exactly, and you know the the uh, the stuff about um, the stuff was all wrong, right? So I didn't know because I didn't know much about marketing or advertising. But like, there was every everything was like logos. It was like branding, right? Mm-hmm. There was no message. Mm-hmm. to, you know, really reach in and resonate. There was no story right. or anything with it. So, like, in advertising, you need two things. You have to be able to make an emotional connection, mm-hmm. and it has to be intellectually interesting. Right. And so intellectually interesting there, was, but there was no, uh, no emotional connection at all. Plus, you're competing with, if you're at the sports game, you're competing with that level of emotion. Yeah. So how do you tie it in that they remember it? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I mean, it, it, what I know now, it would have been, you know, easy instead of having logos to have headlines and mm-hmm. different things that address hot buttons to their needs, not to mine. It's the difference in client-centric and company-centric market, marketing, you know. Right which I didn't know anything about that mm. at that time. So, you know, eventually what happened is we, uh, you know, we ended up having to go and uh, shut down. Uh, I uh, spent all of my own personal money that I'd saved up. For about a year and a half, I paid the, uh, the bank 30 grand a month, interest only, just because it's going to get better, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. So, you know, eventually I ran out of money and I had to shut it down and give the properties back and uh, start struggling for survival. <laughs> for, right, and at uh, the time you were, did you, were you married at that time? And yeah, that's so when, uh, had... yeah, that's when, uh, you know, I, in the middle of it when all of that was getting worse, I mean, that's when, uh, that's when I met Susan and, she was in New York and I was in New Orleans and, you know, finally I got her to come down. And so, you know, she, it's going to get better. Yeah. It's going to get better. You know, nothing, nothing's going to stop us. And so she came down and then, uh, then we had James. So like, you know, I'm sitting here my whole life being able to create whatever I wanted. And it seemed like everything I touched, you know, just fell apart. during that time. So this is like, you know, that was a long struggle period, like from 2008 until 2010. And uh, during that time, I learned a lot of, uh, I learned a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. about marketing because what I was doing at the time just to survive, um, I had all of my construction equipment and that stuff. And, uh, you know, I I really had become a, I hate to use the term, but like an expert in disaster cleanup, in mold specifically, right? And I had all kind of equipment. So, you know, I, I said, how, you know, how can I use this, right? Mm-hmm. What can I do? And so I said, okay, I'm going to start going on the road and uh, to these disasters and start doing uh, disaster cleanup, right? And so I learned a lot of stuff at that time and I don't really like selling like mm-hmm. cold calling that right. type of stuff right so what what I found out is when uh, when I just walked up to somebody when I walked up to a house I mean you could imagine someone in the state they're in having uh, 
you know, their their house gutted and, you know, you're going to go up to them and ask them about, hey, you want to buy some mold remediation, you know? It doesn't work out real well, right? right. But, but here's the important thing that I found out just by trial and error and, and trying everything. When I started uh, educating people, so I, I had some educational brochures created about, you know, the seven things that they have to do. And I started educating people, you know, about why it is so important to have this done right. And I started educating them. So whether they ever came in contact with me again or not, by reading the information that I put out for them in these packets, they were better off and they knew how to move forward with their family. So I just want to acknowledge and notice uh, a thread, that, and this is one of the reasons why I just I love you so much, is you are one of the biggest hearted giving people. Like you just, it's amazing. For those of you guys, you gotta get to know Jimmy anyway, like however you can find him, just Google him and, and get to know him. You give millions of dollars worth of information and advice and like you, you just give it away and you, you, you care that much where you yeah. see a problem and you get excited to help people. Exactly. Like it, it actually gets you like charged and you're like, yeah. that's, <laughs> it, it's amazing. And it, it just, it, this is something that you hadn't shared before. We, we've talked about marketing, mm -hmm. but this part of the story where you just were naturally educating people and okay with the fact that, hey, if they don't hire me, I don't, that's great. They're better off. And that's yeah. what's more important than whether or not they hire you, that you're, you're more relational rather than transactional. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I mean, that's, that? that's what I knew, you know, what, what happened is when I started doing that and I started putting out the information and I started educating people, I went from walking to someone's house and them, you know, basically running me away or taking the card, putting it in their pocket. Oh, okay, the yeah, get, yeah, we'll get back <laughs> to you later, all this type of stuff. Then, so like, instead of me going and talking to people, then I would take my crew and we'd go and canvas door to door. My crew was like me and my brother-in-law and one other guy <laughs> at the time, you know, we're, we're, we're putting out this information in all of this stuff. And, uh, and then people started calling. Right. And then it, it was something about me being heart centered. Like I, I never I never could sell. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I just don't like selling. And but I love serving people. Right. And so when they would call me, I would go to their house and I would expand on that education. Mm -hmm. And so really, I was just consulting with them. I was helping them. And like. People were literally just pulling out their checkbooks. How can we hire you? How can we hire you? You know, and and that's when I really started to put together the difference in educational based marketing as opposed to my logo dancing all over the Superdome, right? right? Yeah. And so, you know, if I would have done, I wouldn't have done that in the first place. But it, knowing now what I know, I would have, you know, had everyone in the Superdome going to a website to get some free information, you right. know, yeah. not call me to fix your house, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, another so, one of those people calling yeah, and say, yeah. you know, call me for work instead of, right. I mean, how can I add value? Yeah, and it, it's another thing, you know, about context, right? Mm -hmm. People are there to watch a football game. They don't want to hear from the construction guy. They're actually taking a trip to go to a game to get escape from right. their own construction right. nightmare. <laughs> oh, you know, great, you just reminded I mean, me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, you know, it was a poor decision all around, but, you know. As a matter of fact, hey. probably the, you're lucky you didn't get calls going, hey, thanks for reminding me about the crap I had to go back home to. Exactly. I was trying to escape. Exactly. So yeah, that was uh, you know that was the uh, that was the big turning point, and then I'm like, man, I cracked the code. I know how to do this now. And then, so I started doing that, and that little environmental business started to flourish. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I partnered up with a friend of mine who was in the. Uh, the oil field niche. They do mud logging and stuff like that. So, 
it's it's like they drill the pressure. Oh, right. They yeah, monitor yeah. the pressure yeah. of the fluids down in the hole. They call it mud logging for some right. reason. But anyway, so we started a company together and because he has all of these contacts in the oil field. I mean, they've been doing this for 70 years. And um, so we're going to put this thing together and we start doing it and we're doing little jobs here, little jobs there. But what I did was from knowing about this marketing, I started uh, learning more about it. And that's when I went to my first business mastery and I started learning about the Dream 100 mm. and educational-based marketing. I'm like, oh, that's what I've been doing. I didn't know you call it that, right. right? And so I learned this stuff and I started marketing to my Dream 100s while we're doing these little jobs. Mm -hmm. and. The next thing you know, my educational material gets me to a meeting in the boardroom of BP. Not, B, not BP, with an oil company. Okay, yeah. Okay? And so we drive to Houston, Texas and had a meeting. And then, you know, through everything that had been going on, I mean, it wasn't just a meeting. We were going there to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. Seven-figure deal to... Uh, clean like 87 offshore platforms. Did you have the infrastructure in place to handle that? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, be because of my partnership. Right? right, okay, I don't know if you, so, how much you leveraged yourself <laughs> at that point. Yes, we can do it. And then. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was all set up. I mean, there would have there would have been, you know, there would have been, you know, obviously some growing pains, but anyway, that, that same marketing that was getting people to invite me into their home to educate them mm -hmm. invited this big oil company to call us, right? And then we communicated back and forth, and then all I had to do was go there, do my presentation, and basically sign contracts. Now, the morning that we show up in Houston, my partner and I, we walk into this big giant boardroom and there's a flat screen TV on the wall, and there's an oil rig on fire. I'm like, what is this? What is going on? Is that one of yours? And it's like, that night, in the middle of the night before we got there, was the big BP oil spill in 2010. <laughs> and so, like, I'm going there to sign this contract, and, like, this is really it. This is going to get me back on my feet. All of this work is paid right. off. All this struggle is paid off. And so we get there, and all non-essential services are canceled indefinitely. Boom. So. And you are non-essential. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going there, you know, oh. I'm going there to get money. You know, we need this money, you know. And all of a sudden, boom, you know. And I was just, I was in shock. You know, I was like in shock, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking, man, what is going on here? You know, and and uh, and I I had you know just a few months earlier been to date with Destiny, right? One of the Tony Robbins yep. programs, and I remember stepping in the elevator, and uh, my first thought was, man, how could this happen again? And, like, before I even finished the thought, it would be, no. I, I said to myself, no, we're not going there. How can I use this experience to help others? That's, like, huge. That's, I mean, that's pretty much the context of everything that I teach and that we talk about is changing that meaning in that moment, don't get stuck in that story because you could have written a completely different story. Could have been God didn't want me to succeed. It yeah. wasn't meant to be because I'm supposed to be you know, like, and you could get in, into this victim mentality. You could have easily fallen prey to a victimization conversation. Yeah. And how did you catch yourself? Like, how do you do that when when that happened? Did you like? Do anything consciously to give yourself that opportunity to shift? Or what came up with you that you were able to then go down that path of what else could this yeah. mean? How could I make this serve? So, so I noticed the uh, stepping back a few months during, you know, right before things started to click with the environmental company. When things, I said everything I touched 
just seemed to fall apart. And that's when I was back in that mindset of like, I was stuck in that story. Mm -hmm. No matter what I did, I was a victim and I was stuck in that story. And then when I went, you know, to my first Tony event, that's when I, I mean, it was like, this is this is what's wrong. I'm stuck in this story, you know? Everyone I talk to, I'm complaining and whining. They, they're probably tired of hearing all of this <laughs> stuff from me, you know? And, and so what happened was I realized that, and that's when I got into state management, and mm -hmm. I started doing the language, the focus, you know, all of that stuff. Started changing and, the question. Mm -hmm. And then, so what happened was I had been practicing that stuff you know, for several months. And when I got on that elevator and I started to think like that, I'm like, no, no, we're not going back there because we know what road that lives, that leads down. Yeah. This is the new road. And so literally that one thing in the, uh, in the elevator, you know, about, is this happening to me again? I can't believe, nope, we're not going there to, how can I use this experience, you know, not only to help me, but to help others, mm -hmm. right? And that one question was the catalyst for another reinvention, right? We just talked about a couple of, but here's another big uh, reinvention, and it was the catalyst to uh, opening a marketing company and like mastering marketing and you know, changing and moving into the way that I coach and consult now. It was all based off of that thing because here was my, here was my thing. It's like, okay, here's a, uh, you know, here's a guy like me, you know, just New Orleans guy, no, you know. I mean, I went to college but only to play football <laughs> until I got hurt, you know. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, no, uh, no specialized education or anything and, been a contractor my whole life, and I thought to myself, you know, this skill that I have is how did I end up in the boardroom of a Fortune 100 company getting ready to sign a contract? And so I said, if I could do that for myself, maybe I can help other people do that too. Wow. And then the next thing you know, that's where the marketing company came from, the consulting company, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, you know, several reinventions yeah. in that progression. But uh, I, I think that was the big defining moment, you know, For sure. of which way it could have gone. Because it could have gone either way yeah. at that time. So what what advice would you have for someone who is having to reinvent themselves because a lot of a lot of the people who are also watching the show are having to reinvent themselves personally as well mm -hmm. like dealing with you know addiction and it's not just addiction yeah. to to drugs or alcohol sure. I mean, we're addicted to every drama to, <laughs> right <laughs> right to, to addicted the, the stories to that story. we tell. addicted to being the victim right so what what has been sort of some of the the defining things like if you were to and, and I know you already do this. I mean, your your son James is is brilliant, and I, I you know I just love watching him grow and all the things that he's doing. What words of advice have you been able to to give him or support him? And how, what words of advice could you also give to maybe someone who might be struggling with having to figure themselves out again? Yeah, and you know it it's uh, it's okay, right? And and so here. Here's my advice to, you know, everyone that when you have to when you have to reinvent yourself, when something traumatic happens, you have to look at the good side because, you know, there's an opposite action, reaction to to everything that happens on, right? And so, I would say get into a place where if you take a little time, figure out exactly what you want, and then go after it, right? So one of the big mistakes that I made along the way is I kind of knew what I did, did not want. Mm. So I never got specific in what I wanted. I got specific in what I did not want. And what I found out is that's not good enough. We have to put focus on. Mm -hmm. And... 
Can I tell you a quick story about focus? Please. When, when I was learning all of this stuff, I was actually coming back from, uh, from a trip from Atlanta. We were doing work in a flood down there. And I'm driving in my work van, and I've got chemicals in it. And I made a poor decision. I was like, I should have slowed down and got off, but I was thinking about passing up that exit, but I had to go to the bathroom and I couldn't wait. So, you know, I made a move real quick on a wet highway and, and the van started to spin, right? And um, I had been listening to Tony about focus, right? And focusing on the right thing, not the wrong thing. Now, the reason people hit telephone posts when there's just only a quarter of a mile, it, yeah. because it's like, you know, don't hit the post, don't hit the I post, don't hit, hit the, the post, post right? Yeah. And you're focused on the post. And so I had that drilled into my head because I had been listening to it, and my focus was stay on the road, stay on the road, stay on the road, and, and the vehicle just stopped and, like, nothing happened. It was a miracle. And that's the first time, you know, that I saw a concrete proof in my life that mm. focus was so powerful. So that's why I go back to that story. Figure out what you want mm -hmm. and focus on that. And don't be scared to fail, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not a failure unless you quit. Right. When you, when you reinvent yourself, if you say, you know, this is who I'm gonna be, don't matter. You know, you don't have to be that for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You can reinvent again. You can reinvent again. So, you know, I just I just keep trying to get better and better and better. And, you know, as I uh, as I go through life, and I get these experiences, it's like, really, it's not even about me and what I want. Because here's the fact of the matter: if I do the right thing and I serve others, like. God's plan for me is way better than my plan for right. me. Because if he would have given me my plans, I would have shortchanged myself a hundred times over. Right? Wow. Powerful. So it's just about uh it, it's just about focusing and and looking at the good side. Because I could find something positive in everything. Yeah. Right. And that's I'm noticing now just from the work we've done together, how how you do incorporate that focus in your conversations with with your clients, with me, is about the focus and helping your prospects, your clients, mm -hmm. or, or even when you're marketing, like help them focus on how you're gonna offer a solution, how you're yeah. going to add value, and it's all through that positioning, that asking the right questions. Right. And really, at the end of the day, I think one of the reasons why you are so successful is that the first person you are marketing to is yourself. And you've learned how to ask the right questions, to focus on your, your bigger vision, servant leadership, to add value, to contribute, and that, that keeps you, and I, maybe I'm, I'm mind reading and not, I don't wanna put words in your mouth, but it's just an observation, yeah. is that what keeps you moving forward and giving freely because as you're giving it all away, now your hands are open to receive from, from wherever, and the more you receive, the more you're able to give away, the more knowledge you get. I mean, you share the information, you go to an event, mm -hmm. you go to something, the first thing you do is share it with us. You're like, hey, right. I learned this new thing, like, check this out, here's what this, here's where a shift has occurred. And that's just so powerful because, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. You know, meaning all of us, and, and you are one of the most giving, people I know with just your heart, with your information, your wisdom. Yeah. Um, and what you shared today, you've shared some stuff that you hadn't shared with me before. And uh, right. I'm sure it, it's gonna be a, a huge impact for someone who's who's ready to, to reinvent themselves yet again. Yet again, yeah. Because that's the journey, isn't it? We're, we're, we're always transforming, mm -hmm. right? It's, I mean, it's just growth. Yeah, it's a series of transformations, right? Yeah. But the most important one is the first one. Right. And the most important first journey is just the first step, right? Just taking that first step and building on the success. You don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. Yeah. But when you're moving, if you do have to change directions, you have more momentum and energy to mm -hmm. do so. 
than the you know uh, analysis from or paralysis through analysis where you right. never take a step and you're trying to figure it out. You're like, oh, what about this? What about that? And then all you're doing is writing stories yeah. that are stopping you as opposed to having a vision to write moving forward. Right. And you know one thing that um, one thing I can say for certain is whenever I sit down and I think about anything that could possibly go wrong and I may have some fear holding me back that has creeped in and I think about 25 different scenarios of what could go wrong, never once has any of the stuff that I thought up actually happened. Other things may happen, right. but the stuff that I plan and make up in my head, it isn't reality because that has never happened once. And I'm going to hallucinate some of the successes you've had, had not the way you thought they were going to happen either. Yeah, exactly. So you were open to, like, like you shared earlier, God's plan's bigger than your own. Yeah. So if you get locked into your specific plan, you may lose out. And like you said, shortchange yourself. And truly, you'd be shortchanging the universe. You'd be shortchanging God. You'd be shortchanging Susan, James. You'd be basically everybody by not allowing yourself to blossom into the best version of you yeah. that you co-create with with God. Yeah, I tell you, it, it's really uh, it's really fun to watch, you know, James. I mean, he's eight now, and um, when he's getting ready to race his car in the Pinewood Derby at Cub Scouts, I mean, he's literally sitting there visualizing his car going across the finish line first, right? Wow. And so he's had that race hundreds of times mm -hmm. before he even goes to the race. And so, like, you know, two years in a row, he won his class, you know. So just teaching him that and about uh, about setting goals and, mm -hmm. you know, when you hit that goal, don't stop to increase the goal. I remember, right? yeah, that, that Cub Scout <laughs> thing, right? What was yeah. it, the goal? I remember what it was, but he, he beat his goal in, like, the first day. Right, right. So <laughs> we kept bumping it up and yeah. bumping it up. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. He actually got... Um, invited to Indianapolis to the popcorn company because mm -hmm. he was in the top 10 in the country of online sales. So to share his uh, experiences wow. in a brainstorming session. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. Well, is there is there any last bits that as we've had this conversation, you know, thank you so much for, for sharing yourself. Oh, my pleasure. Um, any last bits that, you know, maybe you're getting a message from somewhere inside? Any last words uh, to uh, part with? Do you have anything that... You know, struggle, if anyone is struggling, struggle is temporary, mm. right? Or, or even more important, if, uh, if we can detach ourselves from the struggle and realize that Hard times can still happen without the struggle where we catch ourselves in the story that this too shall pass, right? And so as long as we keep moving forward and we don't quit, we never fail, right? right. If we can look at things as everything is a lesson, mm -hmm. there's a lesson in everything that we do. And it's good to have lessons that don't turn out the way we want as well as it is to have, you know, lessons that turn out better than we wanted. Right. Both ways are okay. And as long as, you, as long as I can be okay with that stuff and not have to predict and know the outcomes of everything, then life gets better and simpler each mm -hmm. day. And, and the one thing that's beautiful, the, what you started with, which is, I would hallucinate, is kind of what everyone's struggle is going from the transformation from slavery to freedom. Mm -hmm. Addiction to freedom. Because slavery is just, it's self-inflicted. Yeah. That, that addiction, whatever it is, whether it's your story, whether it's your, uh, the victim mentality, whether it's the, you know, whatever it is, substances, the internet, doesn't matter. We're chained to that because we ultimately, though, want freedom, emotional freedom. A lot of people think financial freedom is what they're going for, but financial freedom is only emotional freedom, ultimately, right, because right. then you get to, you're, you have the opportunity to do those things, to provide, to not feel, again, chained, to not feel stuck. 
Yeah, you know, it, it's really uh, it's really funny that you say that because I mean, you know, I've had uh, I've had my struggles with addiction and sobriety and that stuff, but you know, that's been put to rest about 15 years ago now. And and I had an old guy who was helping me when I struggled with that, and uh, he had been around for a long, long time in in the uh, in that community, you know. And he taught me something that I never quite got it when he said it, but but what I really started to understand, uh, and and it clicked for me later, is he would always say that you know financial security is not a certain dollar amount in the bank. It's right here knowing that everything's going to be okay. And like that stuck with me a long time. And like I can carry that same principle in a whole bunch of different Everything. areas. Yeah. Like in using, you know, you mentioned Tony, that's where we originally met was, uh, I remember the first time meeting you in person was at Business Mastery. I think you were a Plat at the time, a Platinum partner. You're just walking down and like, there's Jimmy Harding and we were friends on Facebook, I think. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, finally. <laughs> um, but the, uh, where, where's that train taking me? Um, oh, right. Is that tr with, at Tony's events, like Tony, you know, obviously he's larger than life, you know, giant man. And his whole thing, when he comes out, he's like, yes, you know, yes, say yes. And he's all that, you know, like accessing, you know, mm -hmm. unleash the power within and, and saying that. But the true power is actually that confidence of knowing it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Then you don't have to force it. Then then you're like Bruce Lee. You're like with the water. Yeah, it's going to, you know, it's just it's going to be okay. I'll figure it out. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you can, when you can get yourself comfortable into a place that just no matter what happens, you know it's going to be okay, that's true freedom. Yeah. Right? And that doesn't mean that you won't go through any pain or any struggle. You know, the struggle's optional, well, though. Right, but, but you people go, go to the through, gym, they go right. to the gym because they want to get results, but they know that if they exactly. don't get a little uncomfortable, they're not going to get the result. Exactly. So the struggle's actually vital at times. Or not the struggle, the discomfort. Yeah, the discomfort. Right, right. so struggle is, is, is the way you're using it, uh, if I could use suffering. Yeah, yeah. Right, where you're, you're making a, a, a negative meaning mm -hmm. of it. Like, suffering is, is victim. Right. Right, like exactly. Pushing through the the stress, the pain, the discomfort is victory. That's that's like I mean, you played football. Yeah. The 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 great game is the one where it's like neck and neck, and they're fighting the you know, and they're exactly. they're doing everything they can, and it's uncomfortable, and you don't know what's going on, and and you just have to step up and follow through and keep the plan going and just yeah. make it happen. Yeah. And you know, I mean, when. After we helped all of those people after Hurricane Katrina and that long 18-month period um, that we went through after that and, and losing all of the money and all of that stuff, waiting on it to get better, that was suffering, right? Because I was stuck in that pain and I was right. stuck in that story. And, you know, once I was able to... Uh, to flip that around. I mean, heck, I've been through hard times. I go through hard times all the time, but it's just, it's not really hard times, you know, because I know at the end of the day, everything is gonna be okay, right? Because my focus is always like, every single decision that I make in my life, in my family, in my business, it's about a greater good, mm -hmm. right? And so it's not even necessarily about me. Like sometimes people ask me, what do I do certain things in business for? You know, that's not a good financial decision, but I make every decision based on what's best for my clients, mm. right? And at the end of the day, what seems on the surface to be a poor financial decision ends up being a very good financial decision because, you know, I, I'm not in a transaction business, I'm in a relationship business, right? right? Well, and one of the things that on on all of our conversations and, you know, blessed to be part of conversations, you know, when you're coaching other people to just be in the, in, in the, uh, the room is you're definitely quality over quantity. You're not about having, you're not, you don't want to be McDonald's of what you do. You're totally cool being, 
you know, specific but like intense with your clients, and, yeah. and you underpromise, overdeliver in in ways that is is inspiring. Well, thank um, you. And I've been you know absolutely blessed to to know you as not only you know a human. I mean, I love you as as my brother, mm -hmm. and as a you know as a mentor, someone who's you've given you know me priceless advice. And I know that I'm human, and I don't always apply it at the same time because you know. Like you, sometimes yeah. you know we we get kind of stuck. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. I mean, I you know it 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 goes in every piece. It goes in business. It goes in marketing. It goes in life. Like at at some point, it comes down to uh, to congruence, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> I look at my own stuff sometimes, and I'm like, man. I'm telling people to do stuff I'm not doing. I better fix this, <laughs> right? Because it's it's uh, it's not about saying to do stuff. It's about you know doing the stuff you say to do. Right. Yeah. Leading by example. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for your most valuable asset, your time and your wisdom. Um, I love you as my brother, and I can't thank you enough for oh, for spending your time. Man. And, uh, yeah, I uh, look forward to more journeys with you and anything yeah. I can do to support, as you know. Absolutely. Um, if you haven't started Googling uh, Jimmy Harding, start Googling <laughs> right now and uh, get to know this man uh, because he, he's a, a brilliant, one of the biggest hearted souls you'll, you'll ever meet. So thank you for playing with us. Uh, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here. And we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.